You're listening to the micro version of the Savage Lovecast at savage.love. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual We can't talk about the Iowa caucuses because at the time of this recording, Monday afternoon, I don't know the results. And that's probably a relief because at this point, whatever time you listen to the show after Tuesday morning, you're probably sick of hearing about the results. And you can hear about Iowa and actual news everywhere. You don't need to hear about the actual news here on your favorite sex podcast. You would probably much rather hear about a lighthouse in Maine with a crazy name that I just heard about. It's called Cuckold's Light, full name, the Cuckold's Island Fog Signal and Light Station. And this lighthouse has been there since 1890, and somehow I only just found out about it yesterday. Cuckold's Light has a wiki page, and nowhere on it does wiki explain how Cuckold's Light got its name, which seems strange since its name is literally the only interesting thing about Cuckold's Light. Finding out how Cuckold's Light got its name is the only reason anyone has ever visited its wiki page ever, and you can't find that information out there. I looked it up elsewhere. Turns out Cuckold's Light is named for Cuckold's Point, a bend in the Thames River in London, which, legend has it, got its name after King John, he's the 12th century English monarch who signed the Magna Carta, Got its name after King John gave the land to some lord or other whose wife King John had fucked. All right, that's enough lighthouse. Let's talk about the Republican Majority City Council and some tick-infested shithole in Connecticut that just banned pride flags from flying over their city hall. This new policy, enacted last week, replaces a policy put into place way, way back in 2022. That policy allowed pride flags to fly over the city hall of Enfield, Connecticut during Pride Month, which they did for two Junes in a row, but that's all over now. And you know, in all honesty, if it weren't for the performative assholery of this move by the Enfield City Council, majority GOP, and the fact that this comes after a year when more than 500 anti-LGBT laws were introduced in state legislatures all over the country and more than 80 were passed, most of them targeting trans people. If it weren't for all that, I wouldn't give a shit. There are enough of us who want to wave pride flags around in June and we aren't so weak and needy that we're going to go to pieces if we don't see a pride flag flapping over Enfield's shitty city hall, a tradition, again, that stretches all the way back to the year of our Lord, 2022. But after the 2023 we just had, Not going to lie, the news out of Enfield kind of sucks. But Enfield, Schmenfield, there are so many big stories, big news stories to obsess about right now. I'm looking at the headlines, mad world, mad kings, mad composition. As Shakespeare said in his underappreciated and underproduced play King John, which doesn't include a Magna Carta signing scene or a cuckolding scene. But here's a story that caught my eye out of Virginia, a state named for Queen Elizabeth I, the Virgin Queen. A story I wish was bigger because this story is a gift. So, a woman who does not wish to be identified, a woman who only wishes to identify, and her 14-year-old son went to a restaurant, Carmen's Tex-Mex in Norfolk, Virginia, and shit went down. The breathless Andy Fox of WAVY, On Your Side, Channel 10 News, has the story. They offered me $300 in free food to keep quiet 
This mom, who doesn't want to be identified, says that followed her 14-year-old son, seeing something strange to him in the back kitchen there. Mom started recording what she says appears to be people engaged in sexual relations. Mom alerted them she was there. And when you said that, what did they do? Okay, lady, I'm sorry your kid had to see that, but I've worked in restaurants and people working in restaurants have done worse things. And people eating in restaurants have done far worse things. And for the record, the hardworking staff at Carmen's Sex Mex don't appear to be anywhere near the food in the video, which was shown on TV. They are, again, it appears in a back room, and if they'd only closed the door to the back room all the way, these two people who just wanted to have a little fun at work and doubtless would have washed their hands before returning to work, these two people wouldn't be facing criminal charges right now. Mom called Norfolk police, who in their complaint narrative wrote the two in the kitchen claimed they were cleaning the fridge. Mom says she doesn't buy that. My 14-year-old saw it, and he's not okay. He He's the light of my life, and he experienced this traumatic event. It was traumatic, and they're just trying to figure out how something like this could possibly happen. Okay, first thing I want to say about this news story... New euphemism just dropped. If this were a big national news story, and I wish it was, and I'm doing my best here to make it one, if this were a big national news story, cleaning the fridge would be right up there with classics like hiking the Appalachian Trail and lifting my luggage. If those euphemisms don't ring a bell, Google them. Worth your time. To read about the family values Republican governor of South Carolina, who claimed he was out hiking the Appalachian Trail when he was actually in Argentina with his mistress, disgraced South Carolina Governor Mark Sanford, or the co-founder of the Anti-Gay Family Research Council who got caught in the summer of 2010 taking a rent boy to Europe and then claimed he needed that male hooker along on that trip with him to lift his luggage. That would be disgraced homophobe George Reekers. And his wiki page actually does mention that photos later surfaced of Reekers on that trip lifting his own fucking luggage. Such good sex scandals. Classics. Oh, and South Carolina, named for King Charles II, as is North Carolina. I don't know why I know those things, but I know those things. Second thing I wanted to say about this news story, lady, girlfriend, mother, mom, please, Your 14-year-old kid might be the light of your life, but unless you're keeping that light under a bushel, unless that light has never enjoyed a moment's unsupervised access to the internet, he has seen people fucking. And if that kid is traumatized by anything, he's traumatized by his mom going on local TV news to tell everyone in town, including his classmates, that he was traumatized by the sight of two people fucking in the back of a restaurant. And how could this happen, Andy Fox? Well, people sometimes fuck, and sometimes people fuck in places they're not supposed to fuck. You know what else people aren't supposed to do? Pull out their phones and film other people fucking in places where they had a reasonable expectation of privacy. And judging from the way this video you showed on your dumb local TV news broadcast appears to have been shot around a corner, those two horny restaurant workers could reasonably argue that they didn't know that they could be seen by Mama Karen. For the record... I am not pro-fucking where minors can see you. It is not good form. But I'm also not pro-people whipping out their phones and recording people fucking in what they thought was private. And yes, the back room of a restaurant counts as private. And then running to the cops and local TV news stations and ruining the lives of the people who were fucking where they didn't know that they could be seen. 
I'm also not pro people throwing the word trauma around the way mom does here. And I'm not pro local TV news reporters who like to pretend that they are shocked, shocked to find out that people are having sex in their town. And I think it's possible to be anti-pro, to be pro-con or just plain con, all four of those things at once. You know, just like you can be anti-Hamas and anti-bombing Gaza flat and anti-Houthis attacking shipping lanes and anti-bombing Yemen flat all at once. Not hard, actually. Okay, sorry, the actual news kind of creeped back in there at the end, which is not what you come here for. So I'm going to wrap up this intro now. This is the last thing I need to do, last thing I need to record for this week's show, so I can get back to what I love best, cleaning the fridge. All right, coming up on today's show on the Micro Savage Lovecast, tons of your Q, lots of my A, and on the Magnum, which you can subscribe to at savage.love, Inanna Justice returns. She is the Paris-based dominatrix author and kink educator. She's back to talk with me about doms asking subs to buy them gear, what exactly people mean by service in a BDSM dom subcontext, and whether your kinky roommate keeping a live-in slave in the cage in your apartment is a good idea or a bad idea. All that coming up on today's show. This episode is brought to you by Helix Sleep, the best mattress for your individualized comfort. Right now, my listeners get 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Go to helixsleep.com slash savage. This episode is sponsored by Hims, affordable access to ED treatment all online. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash savage. Support for today's show, support we are very grateful for, comes from Stamps.com. With Stamps.com, you can access all the amazing services of the post office right from your desk in your own home, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just click print mail and you are done. It could not be easier. And right now use Savage for this special offer. Includes up to 55 bucks worth of free postage, a digital scale, and a four-week trial. Do not wait. Go to stamps.com, and before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in SAVAGE. That's stamps.com. Enter S-A-V-A-G-E. Hey, Dan. This is Gay Mail, early 30s in the Midwest. I met this guy on Tinder like four years ago or so, and we went on a couple dates, but like didn't really have a sexual connection, and so decided to be friends. Became best friends, like super close, like amazing connection felt a sense of belonging with each other and really just like a beautiful friendship that I think I had always wanted in a friend. Fast forward to about a year and a half ago, I meet someone and start dating them who becomes my now boyfriend. About a year into that relationship, my friend comes to me and tells me that he needs to step back from our friendship because he has feelings for me. I kind of freak out. I am like, are you sure that you have feelings for me and we're not just like close, have a really good connection? A big reason I kind of like pushed back and questioned his feelings a lot were because he said that he didn't want to have sex with me. It was just something that he was like willing to work on our sexual connection if we were like to be in a relationship. For me, I that's kind of like a swap of priorities. Like I definitely need a sexual connection with someone in a relationship and like if I'm going to work on anything like I'm going to work through some emotional stuff anyway he obviously didn't respond well to like me kind of questioning his feelings which I think is very fair but um, I'm feeling kind of like resentful and I harbor a lot of anger towards him I feel like what he did was like kind of childish 
in bringing this to me like a year into my relationship. I don't really trust his feelings, but I also like miss him a lot and definitely crave this type of connection that we had. I have a lot of really great friends, but definitely miss the type of closeness that I have with this person. So I don't know if I want to like reach out and try to maintain some sort of connection. The level of distance that he said that he needed was kind of more than what felt like a friendship to me. And so I would love to get your thoughts and advice on navigating the situation. There's nothing really for you to navigate here except the curb, you kind of got kicked to the curb. Who knows what was going on with this guy the entire time that you were close as you became friends. Maybe he consciously harbored ulterior motives and he was hoping if you grew closer and closer together that eventually you would realize that you were sexually attracted to him and he was sexually attracted to you and you would ride off into the sunset together or maybe you falling in love romantically and sexually with the guy that you're with now helped him see how he really felt about you all along, what he really wanted from you all along. And he now sees the relationship that you did have, not so much as a friendship, but as a kind of romance, a romantic friendship, perhaps even a companionate relationship and his heart is broken and and he can't see you right now and doesn't want to be your friend. And it may not be that he was ever, from his side, your friend. He may have seen himself, again, consciously or subconsciously, as your partner. And you never saw him that way. And he's hurt. And being with you now that you actually do have a romantic and sexual partner all in one person, in the person of your new boyfriend is painful for him. And that's really all you got to understand. You can feel like it's not fair. You can feel blindsided by it. That doesn't change anything. You can dismiss his feelings. You can say that you don't trust his feelings. He may not even trust his feelings. He may be feeling his way through his feelings right now. And maybe he'll circle back to you in six months or a year or two years. Once he's had time to grieve what he's experiencing most likely as a breakup. And what you now are experiencing as a breakup, he was probably experiencing it as a breakup when you got together with this guy and he was still seeing you and you were still hanging out together and gradually became apparent to him that this was painful for him to be with you like he used to be with you while you were now with someone else like he may have just in that moment realized he always wanted to be with you all along or maybe he knew the whole time and he was strategizing. But I doubt it giving him the benefit of the doubt and they're not grave doubts. It sounds like he was as blindsided by what you falling in love with somebody else dredged up for him as you are now blindsided by him coming to you and saying, we can't hang out. Let him have that. Give him that and give it to him with grace. Don't argue with him about it. Don't argue with mutuals about it. Just let him have how he feels and his experience of the end for now of your friendship. And it's likelier if you respond with some grace and patience and compassion here that your friendship will revive in a year or two. 
I always tell people when you break up with somebody and you want to be friends, you really got to take six months or a year off and away. Nobody breaks up and pivots to friendship that day. You may pivot to friendship with this guy, but it's not going to be pivot back to friendship for you, pivot to friendship for him, but it's not going to be today. And it's not going to be because you reject his understanding of his feelings, or I side with you. It's going to be because you gave him space, you gave him time, and six months or a year or two years from now, you're going to run into each other in a gay bar or in an airport or in a coffee shop, and you're going to sit and talk and reconnect. And that connection, reestablishing that connection, is going to be possible if you don't fight him right now on the disconnect that he needs. Hey Dan, I am a straight woman in my 40s. I have been divorced with two teenagers for um, many years now, over a decade, and I've been single for about three and on the apps, unsuccessful on the apps. I met a guy in uh, the end of September. We went on our first date in October um, and he was great, like so good at planning dates, super attentive really sweet. Um, and we were dating, decided to be exclusive, went away for the weekend around Thanksgiving. We got back to town. I got a Hey Girly message in my Instagram from a woman who says that they have been dating exclusively pretty much the entire time we have been. She didn't know about me. I didn't know about her. I brought this up with the guy I've been seeing and, um, he, you know, gave me the story that he wasn't interested in dating her and he was having a hard time breaking things off. Although she had told me that it was kind of the opposite where he had told her he wasn't sure where he and I were going and he wanted to continue dating her. Whatever. I decided that I could look past it if he was to be honest with me moving forward and that he had lost the chance at dating people uh, while we dated that is something I wanted us to do. He, he wanted to be exclusive. So I said, now we have to be exclusive and you can't fib and you have to tell me if you're sleeping with other people. So it's been going pretty okay. I think, you know, we've, we're still seeing each other and he's still really attentive, but I can't stop checking his Instagram followers and seeing that he's active on Snapchat. I asked him about Snapchat cause I don't know we're in our forties who uses that app and he gave me some story that he just downloaded it so he could use a Snapchat code to get teeth whitening, which feels like a bullshit story. And he's always active when he's on there. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm rightfully suspicious or if I just need to give him a chance to show me that he is a good guy and stop hyper fixating on, you know, his social media um, and things like that. You know, there have been a couple of times where he's gotten a call from a woman I've never heard him speak about before, and he doesn't answer them when we're together. I don't know, again, if that's just random. I've only met one of his friends. He has adult children and hasn't told them about me because he's still separated. He's been separated for a year and a half. But I do know that the reason he and his wife split was because he was having online emotional affairs with women he meets at like work events and maybe other women he knows from like his cycling crew. So yeah, Dan, am I being an idiot? Am I probably being lied to and cheated on? Should I get over checking his social media 900 times a day? 
and just trust him. You can absolutely trust this guy. You can trust that he's cheating on you. You can trust that he's flirting with other women. You can trust that there's probably another girlfriend or two out there. You can trust that he's doing to you exactly what he did to that other woman, which is exactly what he did to the woman who is now divorcing him. Look, you either need to accept that this guy is this guy. I'm going to tap the Maya Angelou poster on the wall. When someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. You can either dump him or drive yourself crazy policing him for the rest of your life. Look, those are your options. You can trust that he's the lying, cheating, conniving, flirting, sack of shit that he clearly has proven himself to be and stay with him and reconcile yourself to that or you can end this relationship. If that's going to make you miserable, if knowing that he is not on WhatsApp or Snapchat because he's getting his teeth whitened one at a time, he's on WhatsApp or Snapchat, I can't remember which it was, because there's other women out there that he enjoys talking to And there will always be other women out there that he enjoys, at the very least, talking to. So what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do about that? You're either going to dump him for that. And the fact that he hasn't introduced you to any of his friends or his family, he's only been divorced, you said, I think for, or only, he's not even divorced yet, left his wife a year and a half ago. You know, sometimes when people coming out of a long marriage, it can be awkward to introduce a new girlfriend or boyfriend or NB friend to family, mutual friends, you know, especially if the divorce was a contentious one. If it was conflict heavy, people may feel like they had to take sides and he may not feel like introducing you to his friends is something that he can do right. And why am I making rationalizations for this asshole? He's not introducing you to his friends because his friends probably know other girlfriends and he can't trust his friends not to say something in front of you that might blow it all up. You say you like him a lot. Do you like him enough to let him lie to your face? Can you make the lying to my face explicit? That's what a DADT relationship is. We talk about don't ask, don't tell as one form ethical non-monogamy can take, but there's no DADT without lie to my face. DADT means don't tell me where you were or who you were with. And if I ask you where you were or who you were with, have a convincing lie ready to deploy. Because I want to live in a bubble where, you know, and maybe you want to live in that bubble where there's some plausible deniability, where he conducts himself in such a way that you can choose to believe there's no one but you. Well, in the back of your mind, you kind of know there are others. But is he demonstrating to you that he prioritizes how you feel and is at least willing to pretend to be living how you would like to live? And if he's unwilling to do that or incapable of doing that, and what that's going to do to you is drive you fucking crazy because you're going to be policing his social media all the fucking time, end it. But if you can accept it, you can, you know, there's power. You asked if you could trust him. Yeah, you can trust him to be exactly who you know him to be. And once you accept and trust that that's the guy that he is, you don't have to hunt for proof 24 hours a day that that's the guy he is because you know, and you've accepted it. But if you can't accept it, 
going to have to break the fuck up with this motherfucker. This episode is brought to you by Helix Sleep, the official mattress of the Savage Lovecast. I have a Helix mattress. My boyfriend has a Helix mattress. My guest room has a Helix mattress. Your imagination can take it from there. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection. Those are our mattresses. The newly released Helix Elite Collection, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. To figure out which mattress is right for you, take the Helix Sleep Quiz to find your perfect mattress in under two minutes, and then your personalized mattress will be shipped straight to your door free of charge. And with their 100-night sleep trial, you can try out your new mattress, see how your body adjusts, and if you decide it's not the best fit, you are welcome to return it for a full refund. Helix offers models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side, or models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions. Helix mattresses also include enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night, and if your spine needs a little extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design, which combines individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. And again, Helix offers a 100-night trial to try out your new Helix mattress and a 10- to 15-year warranty. And right now, Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for my listeners. Go to helixsleep.com savage. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hello to Dan, Nancy, and the tech-savvy at-risk youth. I'm a guy in my mid-twenties calling for some advice about dating, flirting, and finding a partner as someone with a low sexual attraction to others. I experience attraction very rarely. It's only been like two or three times in my life that I found myself drawn romantically or sexually to another person. I actually consider myself very lucky that one of those instances of attraction actually resulted in a brief relationship, which led me to a lot of self-discovery. Though the relationship ended poorly, through it, I discovered the joy and warmth of being seen, cared for, and desired, and seeing, caring for, and desiring someone else in turn. It's something that I didn't even know I wanted until then. But now I have a problem. I would like to experience that feeling of connection again. I want to relate to another person just like I did in that brief fling, but more seriously. In short, like many people, I'd very much like to find a person to date. But I feel I have a special difficulty with it, given my lack of attraction. I've attempted to meet people on dating sites, but that hasn't really gone well. I find it very difficult to evaluate people's profiles based on their photos and prompt responses and the like. I ask myself if I'm attracted to anyone that I see there, and the answer is no. How could I be? I don't know them at all. And I feel like I frustrate the people that I connect with on those apps because they'll send something obviously flirty and I'm unable to reciprocate sincerely. I think that the best hope for me lies in meeting someone in person, but I'm like completely oblivious to flirtation. There have been many times in my life when my friends said things like, she was totally into you, you didn't notice? What? Maybe it's because I saw myself for a while as being sort of outside the whole love thing. I don't know how to participate in this fun dance of communicating interests since I never really felt the desire to do it. It also doesn't help that, as I've heard you say and noticed for myself, the rise of dating apps has contributed to the fall of these, like, gay spaces where people could go to socialize face-to-face, -face, potentially with the intention of finding a partner. So, to summarize, do you have any advice for navigating online dating with a low level of baseline attraction? I feel like it would take me some time to develop feelings for someone, but I don't want to waste people's time. And 
I don't know how to recognize when I truly won't be more than friends with someone. Also, how can I learn to recognize when people are being flirty with me? I figure my best chance is starting with people who are already making the effort to flirt with me, but if I can't recognize that, then it's a shame. And finally, where do you suggest people go these days to meet people of all genders as an alternative to dating apps? My advice for you, like my advice for everybody, my advice for people who are high libido allosexuals, my advice for people who are low libido or asexual or gray aces is the same. Move on all fronts. Be on the apps, chit chat with people. You can actually get to know somebody pretty well. I have, I used to dismiss the possibility of making real connections on the internet with people you never met face to face. I have some really good friends that I've known for years and gotten really close to who've been there for me and I've been there for them and I've never met them in person. All just chit chatting, DMing, swapping vacation pics, and there to listen. You can do all that with somebody that you connect with on the internet. You can do all that with somebody you've connected with on a hookup app. One of my really close friends connected with on a hookup app. But you should also leave the fucking house. You should go places. You should do things. You should join clubs. Yeah, there are less queer spaces now than there used to be. Fewer queer spaces now than there used to be. But there are queer clubs, queer Magic the Gathering, is that still a thing? There's a queer card place in Seattle, kickball leagues, softball leagues, skiing and snowboarding clubs for queers. Put yourself out there and meet people. And I'm right there with you. I have no game. I never know when somebody is flirting with me or attracted to me in part because I can't imagine why anyone would want to. And the key to my romantic and sexual success was eventually just looking at somebody who I thought might be flirting with me or that my friends told me was flirting with me. You've had friends tell you, hey, that girl was really into you. I've turned to that person after somebody else told me that I'm mean, like, just really direct. Are you flirting with me? Is this, are you, can I flirt with you back? Are we flirting? Is this what's happening here? That can send somebody running. Some people don't ever want that explicitly acknowledged, but that can also be very disarming and get you laid. If getting laid is what you want. You also say that you are very low libido, asexual, gray ace, gray romantic, that this rarely happens for you. Well, there are dating apps for asexuals, Google asexual dating apps, a whole bunch of different ones come right up. You can put that out there about yourself and there are other asexuals in the world. I used to get in trouble 30 years ago because I would get letters from people who were bisexual, who were complaining that they were treated very poorly by gay people and by straight people. And I would sometimes point out that there were bisexual people that maybe if the horrible monosexuals didn't understand you, didn't want to date you, you people could, you people, oh my God, I just called bisexuals you people. I take it back. You wonderful people could date each other. So I want to sort of dust off my advice for bisexual from 30 years ago when I told them, hey, you know, you also have the option of dating each other. Asexual people, gray sexual, gray romantic, aromantic. These are real identities, true sexual orientations, romantic orientations, and you're not the only one. And you can lead with that. You should lead with that. You're getting on gay hookup apps. If you're on Grindr, people are going to assume that you are not asexual. 
because people go to Grindr seeking sex. If what you are seeking is a longer term connection that may or may not at some point lead to sexual attraction, which takes a long time in you to kindle, put that out there and you will attract interest from people who are similar or who also are gray ace or asexual, aromantic, gray romantic, or maybe just the idle curiosity and passing interest of people who were looking for sex, but because they like your picture or whatever, are willing to engage and chit chat. There's a lot of people who use Grindr, like people used to use bars, use other hookup apps in that way too, where they do a lot of socializing there. Yeah, there's a lot of people there who are just looking for dick and block or shut people down if the dick isn't instantly available, but you will find, just like you used to be able to find in those queer spaces, there aren't so many of anymore, those gay bars. Some people were in those gay bars hunting dick on a mission. Some people were in those gay bars to chit-chat, to socialize, to meet people, to have some human connection. There's a lot of that going on on the apps too, and you can access that. You can be open to that. So anyway, move on off fucking fronts and lead with it. Lead that you are asexual, aromantic, or gray sexual, or gray romantic, seeking same. Seeking same is always a really good place to start. This episode of the Savage Lovecast is sponsored by Hymns. Want to have better sex but erectile dysfunction getting in the way? You're not alone. Millions of men deal with the hardships of ED, but with HIMSS, there's a simpler, affordable way to get treated for ED so you can get your groove back in the bedroom at a cost you can handle. HIMSS is changing men's healthcare by providing access to affordable and discreet sexual health treatments, all from the comfort of your own couch. HIMSS provides access to clinically proven generic alternatives to Viagra and Cialis up to 95% cheaper with options as low as $2 per dose. The process is simple and 100% online, so no uncomfortable doctor's office visits. You'll get online, you'll get on their site, you'll answer a series of questions, and a medical provider will determine the right treatment options for you. If prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and in discreet packaging. No insurance is needed. Pay one low price for treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hims has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers, so if ED is getting you down, it is time to change that. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash savage. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash savage for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash savage. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Hey, so I'm a bi woman who recently has been hooking up with a polyamorous man and a lesbian. And I didn't really think about STIs when I hooked up with a lesbian because I don't know. I just like don't know anyone who's ever gotten an STI from lesbian sex. Um, like I know you technically can, but I just don't keep it on my radar. But then the polyamorous man asked me to ask her what her STI status was and I did but I was wondering if that's ethical like she didn't consent to be part of his polyamorous situation or network and she doesn't have to let him know so what are your thoughts 
I'm a little confused. You say that she didn't consent to being part of his polyamorous network, but by dint of the fact that she was fucking you and you were fucking him, she was part of a polyamorous network that included him. So I don't think there's anything, if it was unethical for him to ask you to ask her, it was unethical if we run that tape in reverse for you to start fucking him while you were fucking her. Look, he has every right to ask whether your other partners have been recently tested and what their STI status is. If that question is unacceptable to you, you don't want to ask, put that question to the other people that you're sleeping with who aren't putting that question to you, which is how STI is spread, people not putting that question to each other. You could have ended things with him and told him that wasn't something you were going to ask your other partner or partners. Lesbians do get sexually transmitted infections. Skin to skin sexually transmitted infections, herpes, HPV. Uh, you can transmit even a couple of the biggies through, you know, enthusiastic skin to skin contact, enthusiastic scissoring, but oral gonorrhea is a thing. Rectal gonorrhea is a thing. So yeah, there are definitely sexually transmitted infections that lesbians need to be aware of. And if a lesbian has multiple partners, regularly get tested for. I'm not going to make false equivalencies. Lesbians have far fewer sexually transmitted infections than gay men do. Lesbians typically don't have as many partners, outside partners, additional partners, don't have as much recreational or anonymous sex. Everyone who's ever tried to start a lesbian version of Grindr has lost their investment capital for reasons that have a lot to do with, I think some essential fundamental differences between men and women, males and females that we will get into on some other show. But yeah, lesbians still do get and can transmit STIs and your male partner, particularly if you, you weren't using protection in that relationship had every right to ask you about the STI status of your other partners. And if it hadn't occurred to you, that you could get an STI from a woman, from a lesbian. I'm glad he asked you that question. I'm glad you had to think about it. Happy New Year, everyone. There's not much that we know for certain about what 2024 holds, but one thing we can predict, postage costs will go up again in 2024. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, which means your business is barely going to notice the change. Stamps.com has been helping businesses like yours save time and money for over 25 years. With Stamps.com, all you need is a computer and a printer. They even send you a free scale so you will have everything you need to get started and start saving. Taking care of orders on the go is even easier with the Stamps.com mobile app. If you need a package pickup, you can easily schedule it through your Stamps.com dashboard. And if you sell products online, Stamps.com seamlessly connects with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Running low, order shipping and mailing supplies, labels, and even printers from the supply store. While getting huge carrier discounts, again, of up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates, that's really going to help with your bottom line. Plus, Stamps.com automatically tells you your cheapest and fastest 
shipping options. For more than 25 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Get access to the USPS and UPS services you need right now from the palm of your hand, anytime, day or night, no lines, no traffic, no waiting. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with the promo code SAVAGE for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale, no long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code SAVAGE. Hey, Dan and everybody. I'm a 30-something grad student woman in Colorado in my first poly relationship with a man that I've fallen completely and totally in love with, like in a way that I didn't think was possible for me. (laughs) And it's been like an incredible, fulfilling relationship. But my partner has a long-term partner. They own a home together. They've been together for six years. And... I've been with my partner, the, <laughs> the partner that me and my mother share. I've been with them for a little over a year now, and um, it's starting to hit me that I will never be able to create a foundation with this person in the same way that they created a foundation with their other partner, you know, like long-term travel, time away living together, um, supporting each other day in and day out, reliably having the other person in their bed every night, you know, all of those like little things that for me, I guess, really make a relationship in a lot of ways, just that like that really mundane, boring stuff. And after a year and a lot of stress, I'm like pretty mentally ill in grad school, just maxed out, burnt out, exhausted, emotionally unpredictable. (laughs) So that's coming into play here. But, you know, I'm also realizing that I'm not going to get that with this person. And I'm in Colorado. It's really hard to find men who have the same values as me. I don't know if I want to leave this relationship or if I should just like stick it out. I know finding a primary when you already have a secondary can be like kind of hard. Do you have thoughts about like what questions I should be asking myself at this time or like resources I should be looking into? The choice you face is pretty simple. You can have this guy and give up a lot of the things that you associate with long-term relationships, a lot of those little intimacies, that mundane, boring stuff, going to bed with the same person every night, waking up beside that same person every morning. Or you can break up with this guy and go try to find all of those things with someone else. What are you willing to give up to be with this guy? I have said for 30 plus years, there's no settling down without some settling for the last year, he may have been the right guy for you and you weren't settling at all. And he was the right guy at the right time in the right place. But going forward over the long ass long term, he may not be the right guy for you. Maybe this was one of those great STRs I talk about, a great short term relationship. And what you need to do now is stick the dismount, be single and go find somebody who is 
wants a monogamous relationship or someone who is in search of a primary nesting partner, if that's what you want. Now, if you're going to have an open or polyamorous relationship, or actually a polyamorous relationship, open relationships don't involve a lot of obligations to other parties necessarily, but a polyamorous relationship really does because these are concurrent, committed, romantic relationships. And so if you're in a poly relationship in the future with some other man where you are the primary partner and the nesting partner and you're practicing a kind of hierarchical polyamory, even under that circumstance, you're not going to have the full and undivided attention of your partner who may have another girlfriend, just as he won't have your full and undivided attention at all times because you have another boyfriend. It's also really bad for monogamous relationships when two people have each other's full and undivided attention at all times. It's good to be the fuck away from each other, have other friends, other interests, even go on separate vacations. Interestingly, that is one thing that research into successful long-term relationships and marriages shows again and again is separate vacations, time away for weeks at a time correlates very strongly with relationship success. So, you know, you might not want to go to bed with the same person every night, wake up next to that same person every morning all your life, because that doesn't correlate very strongly with long-term relationship success. I digress. What do you want? What are you willing to settle for? If you want to be the primary partner, that position is filled. You can't be this person's primary partner. So if you want to be with this person, you have to let go of all of that. How can you structure the relationship though so that you can let go of and grieve the things that you'll never have with him and be able to focus your attention on the things you do get to have with him? You may not want to live with them, but can you live near them? Would he spend three nights a week at your place, four nights a week at their place? What can you ask of him? But you can't be in competition with his primary partner. You can't be like two kids looking at their parents divide up the bowl of ice cream and blowing up in a rage if you don't think you're getting as much as his other partner is getting. They own a house together. They have a long history together at this point, you will be the junior partner. If that's unacceptable to you, don't have a polyamorous relationship. Terry and I have had a few boyfriends over the years. The ones that didn't work out were the ones who were angry and upset that we had a long history together and were tied together, owning a home together, being married in ways that we would never be tied to them. And the guys who resented that, not the guys who could acknowledge that and maybe rethink what it is they wanted out of a long-term relationship and let that go and focus on what was good and what they got out of this relationship, those guys, the guys who resented it, the guys who couldn't let go, the guys who saw it as a competition, they didn't last. So if you don't think when you project yourself into a future a couple of years from now, if you can't picture yourself being at peace in this relationship, having let go of the expectations that you had about long-term committed romantic relationships that were shaped by a culture that only ever talked about or really showed you what monogamous relationships and exclusive relationships looked like, if you can't project yourself in a future where you're at peace with a different kind of relationship, just end this, end this now 
without feeling tragic or heartbroken about it. You had a really great year. People come together for certain periods of their life and then people often separate. And if you can stick the dismount, if you can part as friends, it was a successful relationship, even if you got out of it alive. All right, before we get to this week's listener response calls, I want to share a couple of listener comments about last week's show posted at savage.love. Says Leslie, I have to disagree with Dan. Handcuffs and ball gags are not entry-level stuff. Entry-level stuff are blindfolds and spankings, maybe arms tied to the bedposts. Being gagged or having my hands tied behind my back scares the hell out of me. I would advise the caller to say, I'm sorry, but you deserve to find someone who is into what you're into and send them on their way. Hey, I'm on the record saying handcuffs are not great bondage gear for novices. Accidentally twisted, they can bruise or chip bones. Too tight, they pinch nerves. But handcuffs are cheap while safe, comfortable bondage gear is expensive, so people will sometimes play with handcuffs as novices. As for ball gags, not only not entry-level stuff, but not to be used on anyone who isn't themselves turned on by having a ball gag in. As for bedposts, blindfolds, spankings, entry-level for you, Leslie, but not for everybody else. Some people would rather be gagged and be able to see than be not able to see and gagged, which is why these things have to be negotiated with each new play partner. All right, Thingamajig wants to get in on the salt burn discourse. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, Thingamajig writes, and sometimes being grossed out by someone licking a dirty bathtub drain is just being grossed out by someone licking a dirty bathtub drain. I don't think it takes elaborate reverse psychology to explain why people think ingesting something dirty is grosser than something dirty touching your skin. All right, it seems to me that what fucking a freshly dug grave lacks in grossness, it more than makes up in shockingly transgressive symbolic violation of the dead. Also, there are influencers and porn stars who've been out there selling their bathwater to fans for years before Saltburn came along. So drinking dirty bathwater, definitely a thing that some people can see themselves doing. But for the record, thingamajig, not everyone who was grossed out by that scene was secretly turned on by it. But you know how when you listen to someone go on and on and on about how disgusting gay sex is and then you can't help but think, something's up. Well, listening to so many people go on and on and on about how disgusting that one scene in a movie full of disgusting scenes was, yeah, I think something's up. That doesn't mean everybody out there is into drinking dirty bathwater or licking dirty drains, but it doesn't mean that not everybody isn't either, if that makes sense. All right, for more listener comments and more of my responses, check out Struggle Session, a weekly bonus column for Magnum Subs. Goes up almost every Thursday at savage.love. I didn't get one up this Thursday, last Thursday, as I was sick. Sorry about that, Magnum Subs. You can expect an extra long Struggle Session this Thursday with two, count them, two Muppet-faced men of the week. All right, on to listener response calls. This is a response call about gym etiquette. As a woman, you get hit on a lot at the gym. And for safety reasons, I always go to gym management. I go to a big corporate gym, but it's privately owned. I know both of the owners very personally. Building that relationship with those kind of people, that way you can just kind of walk up and be like, hey, I really was hoping this would just go away on its own after I like told this guy, like, ah, no thanks, I'm listening to my music, I'm working out, dude. And he just keeps bothering me. Could you maybe say something to him? 
because that way you are making a little bit of amenity. I'm sure that those guys are hitting on more than just you and probably bothering other people. So you might be helping some other people out by telling them. And again, it's a little bit of a safer way. I am very fortunate that my partner is often with me at the gym and usually this doesn't happen. But whenever I'm alone, almost like clockwork, they come up right when you start getting sweaty. So, yeah, tell gym management it's a little bit of a safer way. Just my two cents coming from a, a little lady at the gym. Hey, Dan, this is in response to the caller who's losing his erection around oral sex. Curious why you don't recommend Viagra. I haven't heard you make that recommendation, but for this kind of situation, when the specific goal is keeping an erection, and especially when following your great advice about teaching and, you know, working with a new person, right? Like that can be a little awkward. It can take a little while. There can be some stumbling during that sort of learning process and having a little medical backup, I think is a great way to have some confidence that it's going to go well. I think, especially if you don't have a long-term partner, when you have maybe a hookup or maybe a short-term partner, that kind of thing can take a little while to like learn each other's bodies, but having a little medical backup like that, even if it's a little bit of a placebo effect can really help in my experience in that new situation. This is a response for the bi lady who keeps dating men that are sticking their dicks in there with no condoms. And I thought Demona's advice was great, Dan's advice was great, but lady, if you're looking for something simple, you're a bi lady, date women. You know, they're not gonna be sticking their naked, stanky dicks in you without your permission. Women, even if you score a woman who's got a dick, I seriously doubt she's gonna be sticking it in you without a condom, without your permission. So, date women, give it a try. And we're gonna leave it there. We've got three ways to get your question or comment to us for a future show. You can record your question or comment at savage.love slash askdan, or you can make a voice memo app on your phone and email your question or comment to q at savage.love, or you can call us on our landline and leave us a message at 206-302-2064. You've got a few more weeks to grab advanced discount tickets to Hump Part 1, which premieres in Seattle on February 8th before touring the country. After January 31st, tickets for Hump Part one, go up to full price. So take advantage by going to humpfilmfest.com and getting your discounted tickets now. Follow me on Instagram and threads at Dan Savage. Follow me on Blue Sky at Dan Savage. And you can still find me on the bad place at Fake Dan Savage. Follow Anana Justice on Twitter at Anana Justice. Follow her on Instagram and threads at Justice Room underscore Paris. And check out her website, InanaJustice.com. Inanna is spelled I-N-A-N-N-A, Justice, just the way it's spelled. The Savage Lovecast is produced every week by Nancy Hartunian and me and Nancy and the tech-savvy at-risk youth. We will all be back at you next week with a new installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thank you for downloading. And a little reward here for everyone who listened to the very end, our next Savage Love Live, a special Zoom hangout for Magnum Lovecast subscribers and Magnum Savage Love subscribers. February 14th, Valentine's Day. You can spend it with me if you become a Magnum sub now at savage.love. Clean in the fridge.